Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And once again, again, once again, Riverdale is back. And it has come in it's, it's fast. Com- it's coming flying. Man, This epi- the, the average scene length of this episode, I swear, is like 15 seconds. Oh, yeah, it's like four lines, back, forth, back, forth. Dramatic look. I'm, I'm sort of figuring out where things are. I don't know why things are happening, but then they have these long lingering shots in other places, which I guess are kind of creepy, but mostly I'm just confused. And you know, I know we've had two weeks off, but I feel like I remember where we left off. <laughs> and it doesn't feel like it's where we pick up. No. And I mean, to be fair, I'm very hungry, Kevin. <laughs> All I've eaten today is like... <laughs> A piece of chocolate banana bread and an egg. You're like that drunk kind of hungry. Yeah. Where you're, where you're like, ah. Oh, my so feelings. Thank God oh, there's feelings inside me. But soon, we're going to record this, and then I maybe going to go for pizza. That sounds fun. Yeah, you can pick up pizza from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going somewhere? Yeah. 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 In that case, you want to just go right into it. We, we both have things to do. I got somewhere to go. Let's like this like a tight 115. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see where we end up. A tight one. One hour. Oh, man, one hour. The dream. Maybe. Let's try. <laughs> well, we can help that by beginning right now. Because <laughs> we're getting right into it. This is Riverdale, Season 3, Episode 13, Requiem for a Welterweight. Requiem for a Welterweight. So breakfast begins. Uh, we're first. We don't really know who's making it. But then we see some black painted nails. And it's, it's Gladys. It's Gladys. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jughead is voiceovering about how Riverdale's full of mythological creatures. Blah blah blah. Parallels, I, similes, I, yeah, metaphor. But I feel like as this uh, series goes on, Jughead's like beginning of episode pontification has less to do with the actual episode itself. Because how is him talking about mythological creatures? Related? Related to the other things that happened in this episode. Well, it tells us that we're going to meet some gargoyles. I guess. What other creatures does he talk about, though? He says, he says serpents. Okay, he says griffins and gargoyles, serpents and ghoulies. The only one odd one out there is serpents, which are real, Jughead. <laughs> Snakes do exist. <laughs> Kevin held one of them like a week ago. Jughead, Jughead, I'm going to sit you down here for a second. I'm going to tell you right now, snakes are real. <laughs> Yeah, sure, ghouls aren't. Neither well, are griffins or gargoyles. I mean, gr- gr- gargoyles, gargoyles are real. Gargoyles are real. They're just not alive. Yeah, they're just not the gargoyles from, you know, other things. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so he's there and he's all, you know, him and FP are sleeping on the couch. FP is still not thrilled that Gladys is home, despite the fact that he's only ever wanted her to come home. Well, but I think he's reached the point, like, he's he sort of had kind of a... A growth, I think, mm-hmm. over these past few years, as we learn out. They do say years later years, in the episode. Um, where I think he's he's like, well, I think he's, he might be the point where he's where he's, all, where he's like, I, I should not be getting what I want. <laughs> this is not right. Something is wrong. Because he's like, oh, no, you're not, it's never comfortable when you're sleeping on a couch. And she's like, you could sleep in the bed. And he's like, he's like, no. <laughs> and then Jellybean's like, coffee for me. And he's like, children drinking coffee. Yeah, that girl's never going to get taller than how tall she is. Nope. No. <laughs> no, she's going she's gonna to be a tiny girl. <sighs> Poor FP. 
Well, let's go from from that happy family to another happy family. Where it turns out Alice is back living in the Cooper house. I don't know where she is. I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what they what the arc of thought process with the farm is. But, but currently Alice what is it is in the Cooper house. Yeah. And she is holding a uh, like dressing bag. Well, yeah, yeah. She apparently it's her wedding dress and she's getting it altered. Because all of well, it sounded like all of the women are getting baptized. It, she is certainly getting baptized. Yes, yeah, yeah, all the me all the women are meeting up for her baptism. And they have to wear white. Very heavy quotes. And it apparently has to be her wedding dress. Cool. Because she, she does say the weird thing where it's like, How are you getting married? And she says, In a way. And Alice or Betty's like, No, no, Mom. Yeah. No. Yeah, so again, more farm stuff. Great. Which, every time it comes up, I'm like, I feel like this should have been more of your focus. And the thing is, we know Edgar has been cast. Yeah. I cannot believe we have not seen him yet. Uh, they, I mean, they sort of make a big deal in this one that there's no photos of him. But the, the, the weird thing is the fact that there's no photos of him makes you feel like it's going to be a, like a reveal of someone. or That a he doesn't thing. exist. Yeah, it's going to be something like that. He does exist. There's an actor playing him. Or maybe that's a trick. <gasps> maybe Riverdale is just the most clever. I mean, we sort of reach a point where a lot of people are kind of spoiling themselves. Like, remember when Walking Dead uh, had their whole, like, oh, man, who died in the in the next season? They renewed everybody's contracts. But some of them were fake renewals. Because they knew that. And I don't like when people get into that far of the show where they're like, oh, well, I looked at these contract renewals. So we know that now this character. I'm like, don't do that. Oh, my God. Maybe Roberto has a friend. And he was like, hey, can I just, like, give you a contract to be on the show? You can do anything you want. Do your own show. I don't think it's a contract. I think they. I think literally, just some places have reported that he was cast. I did no research, but I know he's been cast. Yeah. Well, anyway, anyway. We'll, we'll figure that out. We'll go back to the farm later, but first, Veronica is also living back home. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And uh, she's busy reading the newspaper or doing some Veronica thing when in comes her father, who needs to question her about his burnt up drugs. Yeah, he's out of the hospital. He's he's feeling good. He's got a cane. Mysteriously, something from his prison has disappeared. And mysteriously, short boy, tall boy, soft boy shot him, who used to be a serpent. And F.P. Jones, who used to be a serpent, is now the sheriff. And Gladys Jones, who's a Toledo serpent who's been gone for years. What? Yeah. Is mysteriously back in town. This is Joneses everywhere, Veronica. Joneses, in quotation marks, serpents. Yeah. Because <laughs> that boy's not a Jones. I sure hope not. I do feel like this is pretty much just Hiram being like, but it's always families. It's all connected. He he does mention that we learn what the... Because remember we mentioned in a, in a later episode, in an earlier episode of ours, that... I mean, he's going to leave there and be like, all my drugs are gone. <laughs> and he did, in fact, notice immediately <laughs> yeah. all his drugs were gone. So with the lie that Hermione came up with is she had to destroy them because of the feds. Which is actually a pretty good lie. It's a pretty good lie, but if but I thought Hiram had some pretty sweet contacts and he'd be able to figure that out. Guess not. It's super unclear to me just how much power Hiram has. Because in this episode, it seems to become very clear that he has lost everything. Which is crazy. Crazy. Well, Kevin, if there's one thing we know is he's the only person who does anything in this mafia family. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, man. Look, look, we'll get back to this. We'll get back to this. We have a scene that takes about 15 seconds. 
um, Archie asks, asks Josie to go on a date, but she can't go that day because she has to meet with a college counselor to talk about scholarships. And he's like, yeah, scholarships. I'm doing some boxing. Wait, wait, that's what happened to He asked yeah. her on a date. They're already on a date. He wants to go on a future date. They're already at Pop. I wrote down they have a date at Pop Tate's because they're at Pop Tate's having a date. And yeah. he's, <laughs> but he's like, wait, well, maybe we could do another, a later date. Not this. This is not a date. This just is hanging out. Don't even think of this as a date, Josie. Well, she can't go on the future date because college meetings. Yeah. And Archie, we also learned that Archie has taken up boxing and he likes it. Very much. Very much. And he likes it. He needs it's it. It's become a thing that we will learn about. So, meanwhile, Betty is talking with Jughead. She is very worried that Alice Cooper has just, like, washed her hands of Betty completely. She has this great line where she's like, this cult's crazy, and no one's paying attention but me. And I'm like, Betty, you aren't paying that much attention, to be fair. Yeah, you are getting distracted a lot. Like, I feel like this should have been a real big focus for a long time, but it sort of only comes up when Alice does something crazy. It's when Alice comes home, Betty's like, oh, yeah. Oh, right, she's in a cult. My like, whole family. <laughs> and I'm, I'm shocked that, like, it's actually going to keep escalating where Alice is going to come home and she's going to be like, we killed a lot of people. And she's like, man, the farm, they're not good. <laughs> Someone should stop them. Yeah. But not me. I'm just going to do some blackmail. <laughs> what? But now, because Alice has been around her, she's been doing some research. She can't find any photos of Edgar. Yeah. Um, Jughead, though, gives her the worst advice, which is, maybe you should just embrace the baptism because that will give you more information. Well, I mean, that's not bad advice, honestly, because it would help her learn what's going on. And she does. She does it. That's how she figures out kind of things about it. Betty has already burned all of her bridges with the farm. It's Yeah, I mean, it's it's... His thing is basically like, well, maybe you could try to be the undercover investigative reporter that you purport to be. And Betty's like, too late. They mm. already know I'm not into it. <laughs> no, I could probably get there for like one dress fitting. But and then after that, I'm not going to be invited to that baptism. <laughs> they don't want me nearby. They don't want me nearby. Uh, we also find out yep. Jughead goes straight to a serpent meeting where there's... Their D&D serpent club. Three dudes, one of which has the craziest of hair. Yeah. The crazy-haired guy doesn't get to speak, though. Yeah. Sweep, he gets to speak, and he reveals that all the girls have quit the serpents for the poisons. Yeah, they've lost eight uh, eight more girls. This Doing this, though, actually makes me feel like... This makes me feel like the serpents was already predominantly female. I also want to point out that later we see the pretty poisons twice. Yeah. And there is certainly not more than eight of them. There's well, like five. Well, I mean, you know, maybe they're not all there for for archery training. No, no. I think these girls are like, I don't want to be in a gang anymore. I'm at a good school now. I just want to go to class and get scholarships. Eh, that's distinctly possible. They're like, no, we're joining the pretty boys. who might just be a club. And then they join them and they're like, you're also a dumb gang. Oh, we're not doing anything, guys. All right. I'm let's, just... let's start the honor society. <laughs> There's... Like the that like these serpents are like we're losing our control and just people being like I don't want to be in your stupid gang anymore. All you do is get people shot, and you don't actually make us a whole lot of money. Yeah, there's nothing to be gained. There's other clubs I can join. I want to live in a house. <laughs> so all the girls are going to I guess the girl gang. And Jughead thinks he can fix this by talking to Tony. I mean that's too yeah yeah. Tony's a little bit more easier to talk to than Cheryl. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Short scene. Archie trains with Keller. 
Archie thinks he knows more about boxing than Keller because he needs to get into the ring right now to prove himself. I love how Archie has this amazing ability to listen very intently to some people and not to other people. And it's never the people who he should, like, adults. He never listens to adults. Well, because Keller essentially is like, yes, you're a great fighter. You were, in fact, in a boy fight club. But you need to learn technique. Yeah. That is how you will win a fight. Yeah. So learn that, Archie. Then fights. And Archie's like, no fights! I have to prove this is a viable option for me. Like, I kind of wanted him to be like, it doesn't have to be. You could just do this. This could just be a hobby of yours. Hobbies are okay, Archie. But but he's like, no, you got to give your all into boxing. And I'm like, why is everything in this town all or nothing? Like, Archie had to decide between music and football. And uh, you you do one of those two things. You can't... Be a normal kid who has numerous interests. <laughs> yeah, do many things. And if he's going to do boxing, he has to figure out, is this viable for... And if he's going to do boxing, he better get a scholarship for that, because that's the only reason you do anything. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's dumb. Yeah. He's into it. Sure. Sure. So, another short scene. This is all short scenes. I'm not going to start things <laughs> that way anymore. Yeah. So, Veronica pays Gladys in Le Bon Yes. And she updates Gladys that Hiram has suspicions. Yeah. And Gladys is like, hmm, all right, do some spying for me. I cannot figure out if Gladys is a good criminal or not. Like, like I, at least I kind of figure, I kind of know what she wants. It's not like Hiram with his inscrutable desires. Yeah, it became very clear in this episode that Gladys and Jellybean came back because there was a hole in the drug trade. Yeah, and they want to take over the drug trade. And Perfect. You know, you know, it is a simple thing that Gladys wants. Gladys wants to be a drug dealer. Because Gladys only likes big crime. Now, I will say Penny also really wanted to be a drug dealer. <laughs> but in Gladys's case, I think she just wants to, like, be in power. Whereas I think Penny wanted people to do drugs. Well, I mean, no, I mean, I think the difference between Gladys and Penny is that Penny wanted to deal drugs and then really got super hyper-focused on getting slighted one time. <laughs> Whereas Gladys is like, I just want power. Right now it's drugs. Yeah, well, Maybe it'll be something else eventually. I think, I think Gladys is just not spiteful like Penny Peabody was. No, she's just manipulative, yeah. and we will see that. So uh, Gladys uh, makes, I guess, an, a blackmail offer <laughs> to Veronica uh, to spy on Hiram. And Veronica's like, that's fine. I just want my dad out of the illegal business. Well, well I mean, first she's like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. And then, then Gladys is like, who would you prefer to deal drugs? Me or your dad? And Veronica's like, oh, my dad can't do crime? I guess I want you to be the... Veronica does not care if there's a drug trade. Mm. She just does not want her dad to be in charge of the drug trade. Classic Veronica. Yeah. But yeah. So, yeah. So she agrees to kind of hamstring her dad i suppose perfect so back at the boxing rink i keep call- i know it's a ring just don't put that k on the end i'm forever it. calling it a rink now okay well uh elio is there with r- a grown man ricky ricky nope okay his last ronnie name- well he- his name is alliteration because you know that's what it is it's his last name is ronson so it's like Ricky Ronson or something. I'm you know what? Him... His name is now Ricky. All right. I was going to call him Ronson because sure. I know for sure that's his last name. Ronnie Ronson? Could be Ronnie as well. I don't know. Oh, so, no. So he is, he is a grown man. This grown man, and he is begging, begging this very tiny boxing rink in Riverdale to allow Ronnie Ronson to fight there. Well, he, he wants a fighter. Yeah. He wants, what he wants someone to fight Ronnie. Yeah. 
Uh, and Archie, overhearing the barest minimum of this conversation, decides, this is my chance. I'm going to do a fight. So he runs up and he's like, hey, Elio, I know you, noted crime guy. Now me fight? <laughs> I, I fight. And I turned to Aaron and said, he's going to want him to dive. Yes. <laughs> and of course, that's what Elio wants. He says it immediately. He's like, okay, very interesting, Archie Andrews. That's pretty cool. I want you to take a dive. Here's $5,000. Goodbye. <laughs> well, he gives him 2500 He's going to get another 2500 after it's done. Because Ar- you don't give someone the money beforehand. Yeah. Don't do that. And Archie's like, hmm, my morals. <laughs> yeah, Archie puts a... It's funny, this this this, this conversation shifts hard between Archie we Archie being like, I want to, I want to get in this fight, and Elio just being like, oh yeah, we'll take a dive. And Archie's like, wait, I have to take a dive? I have to do this fight where I take a dive? I'm like, Archie, no you don't. Just say no. No you're, one asked you to do this. You're not trapped in like you were at the at the uh, the boy fight club you you put yourself in this situation exited again just don't take the money walk away right now it make it, they they so this subtle thing where i think they're going to go down a route where archie is like um uh like oh man i need to make this money to pay for college cuz i'm not going to get the scholarships now because yeah but art money never really seemed to be archie's motivation archie... and they could they could definitely make it his motivation but archie has never thought of money even that one time that his dad had hospital bills, that was like half an episode plot. Yeah, so I don't know why he's doing this. And it's funny because later on I think he figures out, why am I doing this? Archie's like, other people don't control me? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, so I, for some reason he listens to Elio, not... Unclear. Not of color. At the house, the I think. The Pembroke. The Pembroke. Veronica meets with Hiram again. And makes... Man, she makes a Hail Mary play. Which is like, Dad, you could just go clean. You could just focus on your prison. What if you weren't a criminal, Dad? Dad, what if you weren't a criminal anymore? And he goes, oh, my prison. I could do crime with my prison. What if I take charge of the ghoulies and make drugs in my prison again? Okay, so this is where things start getting weird. He seems to imply that the ghoulies are currently running the drug trade. And we get to this later. But... But we can spoil it now. Yeah. They don't exist. Yeah, no. They're apparently the gargoyles and they run the drug trade. But the gargoyles are mostly just druggies who play a game. But... but And we... we this sort of leads up to a point where um, Veronica tells Glass about this and Glass says, Oh no, then I guess I need to get the ghoulies to run the drug trade. But then she switches that to being... I know she's kind of lying to Jughead. We need to bolster our... Our, forces yeah we need to have more members than but the it pretty poisons but it doesn't look to me i mean she's lying to jughead to get with stuff that she wants she's manipulating him mm-hmm. um but but it never it never made it clear to me that it seemed like the either either the ghoulies or the gargoyles actually had any sort of control over the drug trade i thought at this <laughs> point yeah that there were, like, two different gargoyle groups. Like, the adult gar- gargoyles who are organized and do all the drugs and work for Hiram. And these dumb druggy kids. Aaron, I have some real bad news for you. There are no adult gar- gargoyles. The only adult gargoyle was Tallboy. But what about the ones who were stopping the convoy of the liquor? Those were kids. Why are all of the gangs in this town comprised of children? What happened to all of the adult serpents, Kevin? There were so many of them. It used to be a real gang, yes. (laughs) 
I don't know. I don't know. Is there a whole other gang trade going on that we just don't see? None of these really feel like gangs. These are just kids. Just kids <laughs> doing drugs. Or not doing drugs. Depending oh. on their preferences. How did the Hiram lose the drug trade so fast? How did he lose everything so fast? Because he didn't follow the one rule of mafia. You need a lieutenant you can trust. Well, apparently also the entire thing he owned were those drugs. It just, it makes no sense. Why was there no one to pick up drug money while he was in the coma? He should not be the only person <laughs> doing things if this is like a national drug trade crime empire. He, remember when he was part of the mafia? I don't know. So speaking of gangs, I guess, uh, Jughead has a talk with Tony. And, and Tony... We learned stuff about Tony, which I think is actually very interesting, but has not been conveyed. It was sort of alluded to earlier. Yeah. Well, what was alluded to, to earlier was that what she cared about was family. She yeah. wanted the support. She wanted the community. She wants a family. Yeah. In this episode, it becomes clear that she does not just want a family. She wants to be in charge of that family. Yeah. She wants to be the Serpent Queen. Yes, which I did not realize was an actual title and is an actual title that betty cooper holds because jughead will not make tony the serpent queen because betty is it but it sounds to me like betty's a serpent queen in the much the way the way that real world queens are queens because they're married to the king not because it's a position you get like brought up to but it sounds like it is a position you get brought up to? In which case, I don't understand why Jughead isn't just like, well, you actually would do stuff in the gang. Oh, but you know what? You made a great point. Maybe, so you know how Queen Elizabeth the yeah. second, the current yeah. Queen of Elizabeth, is the queen. And as the queen, she is the head of the state and her husband is a prince. <laughs> when her son, Prince Charles, becomes in charge, he will be the king. And I guess his wife will be the queen consort. So maybe what Tony is implying <laughs> is that she wants Jughead to step down as the Serpent King so she can then be the Serpent Queen? I would say yes. I mean, I don't know why you put, went really, really heavy and deep into, like, the English monarchy system. You could have just said it, that she would be the Serpent Queen because he would not be the king and so she would be in charge. And it's not like the Magic of Xanath series where the leader is just the king, whether you're male or female. No, I was thinking when she brought it up during the show, until yeah. you said this right now, that he would be the king and she would be the queen. I mean, And yes. they would be equal leaders. Yeah, but... But I think she is, in fact, suggesting that she needs to be the sole leader. Well, but the problem with that is that when he, when she, when he says, no, I can't do that, the answer is Betty, not because I'm the king. Well, Betty is a very bad Serpent Queen because she has done literally nothing. No, I agree, which is why me thinking the Serpent Queen is just the person who is dating the king. But it's super confusing. I don't understand the structure of this of this thing. You know what the problem is? They made children in charge of the gang. Who, who want to use words like king and queen and, 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 and I don't know. Anyway, she says, I want a chance to lead. And Jughead says, okay, fine. Go lead your dumb vanity project that Cheryl gave you. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah. It, cutting, but true. Yeah. I also want to point out, why did, then I'm more confused why Cheryl got a special jacket. I kind of thought she got, this is crazy to say, I kind of thought she got promoted to Serpent Queen. I thought so, too. Because she got a special jacket? Yeah. But it se seems 
And, it, and that would have been crazy in its own right. Don't get me wrong. But that would have been a more realistic crazy. But instead, what happened is that they were like, hey, Cheryl, you're a serpent now. And she was like, all right, I'm not wearing your black jacket. Give me a pink one. Give me a pink one, and you have to give it to me. And FP was like, I don't care. <laughs> sure, Fine. we'll get you a pink jacket, and I will give it to you. I'm a grown man. That scene had to happen. <laughs> no, it was a, our uh, Jughead who gave it to her. Oh, right, but FP set the whole thing up. Yeah. He was like, I don't care. Jughead, give her the pink jacket. I don't care. I'm not really the leader anymore until I come back and want to be the leader. <sighs> Who knows? All right, so, we got we to gotta go along with this. At the Cooper house, Alice is wearing the ugliest of dresses. That is her wedding dress. Well, she was married in like the 70s or something. I don't know. And Probably not. Evelyn is there and Polly is there and they're like, mm, you're so beautiful. Hey, remember to give us those important forms. Yeah, that's always fun before your baptism. She had to sign a form that says that they're not uh, culpable if she dies. Betty does not care for that. And Polly <laughs> calls Betty a detractor. Which which is funny because that is true <laughs> and not an insult, just a fact. That kind of sounds like Edgar Evernever was like, well, you know, Polly, she's a detractor. And Polly's like... Yes, that is the word. And Betty's like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I am detracting from you. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. It'd be, it'd be like she thought it was close to enabler. Yeah. Yeah. So very, very short scene that we do not need to delve into, but Veronica updates Gladys that her dad wants to take over the ghoulies. Yeah, yeah. Which sets things into motion. Yeah. Uh, Tony <laughs> uh, goes to visit Cheryl. And Cheryl is teaching those pretty poisons how to use archery. And Tony's kind of like, mm. like, okay, this is happening, I guess. Cheryl, Jughead wanted me to rejoin the serpents. And Cheryl's like, <gasps> Cheryl takes it so much harder than Tony did. And Tony's like, well, I mean, of course he did, but I just want to be in charge of things. Yeah, like, I, you know, I like these things better because I got to be in charge. I get to have people behind me. And... It's becoming a very, very clear that Cheryl was the worst person for Tony to find. Yes, Cheryl is... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cheryl. You're a very bad girlfriend. Sure, here's the thing. Cheryl is very supportive. The most supportive. And she... I would say she very much loves Tony, but does not know how to... Function in the real world. Yeah, because Tony was like, oh, man, Jughead did this. Oh, no, don't worry. I'll, I'll show... I'll, you know, I'll do something to show him, and then... And probably, Cheryl's like, then I imagine mm. probably it's gonna walk off and it'd be like, actually, I'm probably over it. Like, yeah, Cheryl's like, oh, I overreacted. I was mad, but meanwhile, Cheryl loses her mind and, and we'll... chaotic. No, it goes right into this. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it, it cuts hard from Cheryl like lifting up her bow and arrow, taking a shot to sweet pea and our sweet fangs, leaving pops. They're confronted by those pretty poisons. And then the show takes a hard left where they take these sweet boys and turn them into total misogynists because they're making a statement. I mean, they they throw they throw out some uh, misogynistic language, but they but they also you can tell this is so interesting. They don't immediately dismiss them like they are pretty frightened from the go that which, they're being surrounded, which is why I feel like their words are the show being like, no, let's start a conversation. Yeah. But it sounds like that, like, like they're like from 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 the from the get go, Sweet Pea and, and Fangs are like, oh, we're being surrounded. So they throw out some like defensive language and then just get straight jumped, which makes Gladys 
the most angry. Gladys is cleaning up those boys. Yeah. And she turns to Jughead and she's like, Jughead, you better get your house in order. How dare you let this happen? And Jughead in his head is, of course, like, you don't know Cheryl Blossom. <laughs> she's a factor you can't control, Mom. No, nothing would have stopped. Nothing would have stopped this. I could have done nothing and this would have happened. But Gladys takes this as an opportunity to be like, well, you better get them ghoulies. I heard that they're uh, still around and... And get them, I guess, because reasons. But he's like, oh, I can't control them. And she's like, well, then do that. Just control them anyways. I don't know. Do things. Be a serpent king. I'm mostly involved in this. Teeny tiny baby scene. Sheriff Keller is very angry. Former Sheriff Keller is very angry that Archie's doing a fight. (laughs) That's all of it. Yeah, yeah. And Archie doesn't listen to him, but he listens to Elio. Why not? Meanwhile, with a practical character... Tony is very upset that Cheryl and the girls went and straight beat up some boys. Yep, and she and she does ask Cheryl, uh, like, you know, oh, who owns the poisons? Does it is it me or you? And I'm like, I mean, it's clearly Cheryl. Cheryl does. The way that this entire gang started, Cheryl was like, I found a gang for you. Look, I girls. got you a present, and I like this art kind of with like Tony and Cheryl kind of being. Put at odds. It's cool. And it is very... I think it's a good storyline for Cheryl, presuming she learns from it. Yeah, presuming there is something for Cheryl to grow from. And also for kind of Tony. Because she's she is getting support from Cheryl, but she's maybe sort of learning that un, unbridled support is not always... The best. The best. And I think when we first met Tony, like in season two, she was yeah. very impulsive and very emotionally driven. Yeah. And I think she's learning now that like you can't <laughs> always do what you think you want. Yeah. Cheryl is the nth degree of impulsive. <laughs> so <laughs> So it's super interesting, presuming yeah. Cheryl learns something. Pre- presumably. But Cheryl does say they're yours. And then I guess that's done with that storyline for the episode. Because we don't see it again. Yeah. Uh, Archie and Josie talk a little bit about Archie taking a dive, which Archie, it's like Archie didn't consider that's a bad thing. And then he goes, Josie, I have to do it. I'm an ex-con who walked out of the SATs. What choice do I have? I'm like, okay, well, I thought you were, like, pardoned. Exonerated. Because, because wasn't it proved, like, yeah, you broke out, but there was a boy fight club, which I thought was kind of revealed. And it was definitely proven that Moneta, Moneta paid those boys to perjure Archie. Yeah, it feels like, like, very clearly, you should you should be completely exonerated because they found that you were framed for murder. And you don't become, you don't keep being an ex-con if you're framed for murder. It's like no one explained that to him. Yeah, it's like, no, <laughs> Archie, you... You have no criminal record anymore. Also, you could take the SATs next month. Yeah, they're done monthly. They gave him artificial chains. They're <laughs> illusions. They're just mind. in his mind. But no one's telling him that. Even uh, Josie does not. Yeah. And she's our most practical therapist character. Yeah. Uh, speaking of less helpful characters... Uh. Betty uh, goes to Kevin and is like, Kevin, uh, I got a, I got a, these like all these articles from people who've escaped the cult. Can you please help me investigate them since you are the only one who works in the school paper now? And, and Kevin is like, well, hold on. Here's the thing, though. I'm very sad because my boyfriend was 
basically attacked by his father. And left town. So when I was so sad, Evelyn Evernever came and talked to me. And she told me there's a brighter future. And she said she'll introduce me to some gay boys from the farm. And Betty's like, oh, my God, the kids from the straight conversion camp. Yeah. And I will I will say. This is what cults do. Yeah, this is exactly. Yeah, this is exactly what cults do. They found someone who was vulnerable, who was a little bit sad. And I bet that in that conversation, she also just made him feel worse. Mm-hmm. Because that's exactly what you do. You find someone who you find someone who's feeling down. You break them down more. You tell them it was their fault, and then you give them an out. Yep. Which is you. Which is your cult. So, God, great work, show. God, but God damn it, Kevin! Come on, you're supposed to be the smart one. <laughs> Elliot, she shows him. Here's articles of people who escaped the cult, and he's like. I'm not going to think about that at all. Instead, it kind of made me a little bit happy. The cult's pretty good. Uh, I don't care what the evidence you put in front of me. How dare you, Betty? He, he immediately indoctrinated. Zero to a hundred. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jughead goes to his dad. And he's like, hey, dad, I have a brilliant idea. If I ask all the ghoulies to join the serpents, you know us, maybe you could offer them immunity against all crimes. And if he's like, no, that's illegal. I'm not. No, the serpents don't even do crimes anymore. The serpents just guard places from criminals. The scene ends with that being like, oh, my God, I am not signing anything. You can say whatever you want, kid. Just tell them that I won't forget where I came from, which is the most like noncommittal thing that Jughead's like, yeah, I get it. Okay, let's go. Thanks, dad. Thanks, dad. And FP's like, oh, I better not come after you, boy. Well, we ha- now we have a, a foreboding scene where Hiram is, like, talking to his family. We get some stuff about how the governor hasn't called him back. He's called him so many times. I guess that's a thing. Also, he called Gladys, and she is going to come meet him. Yeah. Ooh. Which leads to Veronica kind of badly threatening Gladys by being like, I'll tell Jughead about the drug trade. If you meet my dad, I'm going to do meet your son. <laughs> and I'm like, no, Veronica, not Jughead, FP. Yeah. Jughead will just be like, my mom. Well, F- well, Jughead will be upset and he'll be like, oh, oh, dude, like, I'm so disappointed. But if you told FP, he's all like. He's the sheriff. <laughs> and he's also already an adult. And he's also kind of on the fence about Gladys anyway. He's already suspicious. Well, this is clear. I mean, Veronica might not know that, but clearly the mindset here that Veronica has is like, my dad would feel bad if I what? <laughs> was a drug trade. <laughs> well, it's, it seems like she just says like, no, the best way to get to someone is through their parent and or child. As appropriate. Not husband and or wife. Yeah. I don't know. Veronica Veronica has consistently shown that she's not good at dealing with criminals. And Gladys is not dealt with. <laughs> she is not afraid. No, she's like, well, if you tell him that, I'll tell him about, you know, Hermione. And she's like, in fact, if my meeting goes poorly, I'm going to tell him about Hermione. Wow. Ooh, adult threats. Gladys out. <laughs> Better criminal than you are. How dare you? Gladys, colon, better criminal. It's on my business card. <laughs> she flicks it in Veronica's face. And Veronica's like, oh, why don't I have business cards? Like, Veronica, not as good criminal. <laughs> that would be the biggest burn if Gladys gave those to Veronica. 
I, I ordered you some business cards from the internet. Save money on them. Here this you go. This print. Gotcha. 500. Use my 50% off code, Veronica. <laughs> it's a referral code. Not as good criminal. Nailed it. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. What are you drinking tonight? Well, you know, I knew. I knew this was Riverdale. Yeah. I've been, you know, going kind of soft with my drinks over the past couple weeks. But this week I knew I might have to go hard. (laughs) So I have a hard soda water. Ooh. This is a nude vodka soda. Okay, so it's just vodka soda. Oh, with peach in it. With peach. It's peach flavored. It is unsweetened. It is gluten-free. Okay. It is 100 calories, zero fat, zero carbs, zero sugars, zero proteins. (laughs) (laughs) This is barely a substance. It does have sodium benzonate in it, though. Cool. And potassium sorbate. Yeah. Which is nothing. There's nothing in there. It's nothing in there. <laughs> and you know, I have to admit something. Yeah. I don't know if I like it. I mean, it's it's just it's a vodka soda, like. Yeah, but it's a little strong for my taste. Which is weird cuz it's 5% alcohol. So I'm not sure what's bothering me. I mean, I I don't know. 5% I mean, I, is not very much. I would say that that is the worst thing that cuz I hate soda water. I think it's taste I don't like my water being sharp, and that's weird to me. And, and vodka also does not have a good taste. Yeah, so. there's one thing we've learned from uh, the OC. It's sharp and you can smell it. <laughs> yep. No matter where it's in. I should have watched, drank this last week so I could be like Kirsten. Yeah, you should have, you should have known ahead of time. <sighs> anyway, I'm not going to offer you any. You that's already fair. told me you don't want it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Fair. Going yeah. against type. So Archie having his pseudo-revelation it is... A teenager again. It goes with Ello, and it's like, Ello, I can't throw the fight. Here's your money. Uh, I decided I can't do it anymore after they printed up all those posters, and it's happening, like, tomorrow. And Elio's like, mm, you know I'm a sports betsman, right? <laughs> no. No, you can't. Archie, you're getting involved in crime again. You can't just. I will say, Elio is doing this wrong. Oh, no, 100% he's doing it wrong. What he should have done as soon as Archie signed on, and he was like, oh, my God brand new child very good fighter i know he's a good fighter no one else knows everyone will think he will lose so the odds for him to win will be so great in my favor if he wins i mean archie doesn't even have to be a good fighter he just had to be an adequate fighter and he had it and he had to just had to tell his uh, buddy his hero to take the dive ronson yeah to be like now you take the dive that's how sports betting works. Because because what we learn is that Ronson is like a twelve and O undefeated champ, and a twelve and O undefeated champ against a first timer. What are those bets going to be like? One to two? Yeah, Elio <laughs> is getting like pennies on the well, bet for well, this deal. Well, all those all the, he he makes this big deal about how like all these rich people are going to bet and they're expecting you to fall. And I'm like, they're not making that much money. A much bigger bet would be if Archie won. Yeah, and. <laughs> The whole point of betting on fights is you get two people who are, like, super evenly matched. Yeah. 
So the odds are like everywhere. Yeah, it's it's not a surprise to anyone that the that the person who's never fought a round in his life goes up against an undefeated champion, a and grown loses man, and loses. How are they even taking bets on this? Yeah, Elio's doing this wrong. The, the entire system is doing it wrong. Although everyone who's involved in this. This fight, in this crime, is doing it wrong. And if Archie were a smarter boy, <laughs> he would go to Elio and be like, I'm not taking a dive, and here's why. But, uh, yeah, but I mean, Archie But Archie doesn't do crime. He's a good boy, I Archie guess. Archie doesn't know how to lie. All he can do is shout his truth at everyone. That's true. He didn't realize taking a dive was a bad thing, so he just told Josie, no, I gotta lose on purpose. To be fair, she didn't know either, because she, re- she replies with, Archie, that sounds bad. Like... <laughs> Yeah, it's called fraud. Yeah, it's very bad. <laughs> the Jughead uh, takes some time to talk to a sad ghoulie, and we and learn some background. So Malachi, who was a member of the team of Stupid Evil, yes, is gone. Just disappeared, I guess, at some point. I guess at some point Penny was like, why are we... I, I mean, we say Penny. At some point, the cat, the like, the crew, the writers of this were just like, why are there two of them? Why are they both in the League of Stupid Evil? All right, so he left. And now Penny's dead. She's gone. And then a bunch of ghoulies, I guess, went to join the gargoyles, like we thought happened and they said happened. But it turns out not all of them, because this guy, he's the last man standing. Yeah, uh, but we're not going to worry about him. He doesn't really come up again, nor do the rest of the... I guess there's like two ghoulies left. I don't know. I don't know. They never show up again. We got to meet... Kurtz. Who leads the gargoyles. Ooh. So Jughead goes to what I can only describe it is described as a D&D drug house. And that's where the gargoyles live? I don't know. There's like hanging doll parts and they're playing, they play D&D with no lights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone lives in the dark. There's like water <laughs> dripping everywhere. It's, it's It literally is a crack house, but for Dungeons and Dragons. But everyone's clearly strung out on drugs. They're also, they are also on drugs. It is a drug house for many things. <laughs> for physical drugs and mental drugs. So it sounds like the gargoyles are the ones who made the fizzle rocks, to be clear. Not the ghoulies. I don't know what, what um, Hiram and Gladys were talking about. Yeah, I don't know Hiram or Gladys want the ghoulies because they... Anyway, so Jughead talks to Kurtz. Kurtz is... A child, of course. Well, he's he's literally... It, this is a parody of Apocalypse Now. His name is, in fact, even Kurtz. Yeah, I know. And he talks in the shadows and says nonsense about, like... The law of the gargoyles is carved in stone. Oh, the the pro- this is not a game. It's a prophecy. And then Jughead tries to be like, well, I'll be your game master. And he goes, no. You don't know. There are no masters. You think this is just a game? Yeah. So okay. the, the thing you need to get here is that it's uh, it's supposed to be a foreboding, but he's just on drugs. It's just so many drugs. So many drugs. All the drugs. So Archie, now learning that he can't drop out of the fight, goes to Keller for advice. And he's like, hey, Mr. Keller, I think this other guy is going to do a murder <laughs> on me. I can't I can't uh, take a dive anymore, but I don't want to die. And Keller's like, oh, fine. Dumb kid. I will save your life. How did I get involved in this? Let's go do some training, you dumb dummy. <laughs> uh, we get a scene where Veronica arrives home for uh, the meeting with Gladys and Hiram, and Gladys is just a big jerk. Oh, Gladys like, oh, hello, who are you? Mm, Hiram, your daughter's beautiful. Have we met somewhere before? 
So Veronica joins this meeting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gladys is like, oh, no, let's let her come in the meeting. You trust her, don't you? Don't you trust her? And Hiram, Hiram. says yes. Yeah. Because what else can he do? So we learned that apparently Hiram is starting from scratch, which we already talked about is insane. Yeah. Like we're- how, how, is his, how is his entire criminal empire him and, like, some gear? Yeah, it makes no sense. He he was supposed to be like big mafia man. How did it stop when he went in the coma? <laughs> and 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 like whatever. Also, so, he already owns a prison. Why does he have to get back into mafia? I don't know. I don't know. Gladys's plan is that she'll take the candy and he can have the prison. Uh oh, well, Veronica said the, said a very similar thing that oh, That's uh, right. Yeah. Well, I, but I don't want to do that. The guy's like, well, then let me tell you something. And then Veronica goes, no, Dad, I'll help you with your prison. Which I'm like, what? Was, was that not already kind of implied when you're like, hey, Dad, why don't you do the prison thing? How This should not change anything. But somehow her being like, no, Dad, you should do the prison like I said earlier. But I'll help you with the prison, which was implied earlier, but apparently not outright spoken. Also, how is Veronica a child? going to help this grown man with his completely legal prison but apparently now he's on board but he's got to make sure he gets plenty of prisoners which i guess Gladys's husband fp will help with you know what there's enough crime in riverdale fp does not need to try to help he could just arrest gladys yeah problem solved <laughs> he already knows where, he already knows where a bunch of criminals are he'll just go and clean up house he'll arrest all those drugged out gargoyles i like i now, I don't know enough about law, but I like the concept of someone going to prison and her being like, no, he said he, he said that I could deal crime and he could have a prison. Then he arrested me. What is that? What about our deal? I'm sure there's some crazy lawyer could be like, no, that's entrapment or something. And Hiram's like, no, no. I said I would do a legal thing. You said you do an illegal thing. I arrested you for the illegal thing. Well, I mean, FB arrested you for the illegal thing you did. And I put you in my legal thing. <laughs> I don't know. Now, Gladys does also do a little bit of investigation where she's like, hmm, your wife, the mayor. And Hiram's like, don't worry. She's not a factor. Yeah, she's not going to be a problem one way or the other. What? I'm so confused also how Gladys is going to reveal to FP, like, send these prisoners over without revealing her hand here. Like, I made a deal. I made a deal with Hiram. Send prisoners to jail. I don't know. No one's really, like, making good deals. In this episode. Or maybe they are. What do we know? We don't know anything about prison. Uh, Quick scene where Betty calls some people and she, like, she she calls all the people that she was going to call. And they're kind of politely like, I don't want to talk about this. And she's like, oh, okay. Yeah, she's a very bad journalist. She doesn't even even explain, like, I'm not with the farm. To be fair, she does have an entire notebook full of crossed out names. So maybe (laughs) by the phone call we see, she's just given up. Yeah. But she gets a call back from someone, and they're like, I'll talk to you about the farm. I just need privacy. Where can we go? <laughs> How fast can you get to Riverdale? They're clearly going to the bunker. The sex bunker. The sex bunker. But this time, no sex. Yeah. <laughs> Baby scene. Archie says, Elio, I will not take a fall. Goodbye. Now, I'd like to tell you uh, one quick thing here that I thought that uh, Elio should have done that might have shown him to be like more of a conniving villain. Uh, is This is where he should have done the switch. Unfortunately, he, he Ron Sud was watching. No, this oh, was, he was watching this. No, yeah, no, Ronson was watching this. This is where he should have done the switch. This is where he should be. Like, hey, Ronson, uh, take a dive. 
Yeah, that's the New Deal. Yeah, this should have been... This should, after Archie walked off, and it should have been revealed later. Like, it should have been revealed later that Ar- after Archie, like, wins, like, knocks Ronson out. And thinks he's done. He's like, oh, Elio, you see? You see, I proved to you this. And Elio was like, what do you mean? We made a whole bunch of money. You just beat an undefeated champ. Great work. And, like, that way Archie kind of wins, but he also kind He learns that, you know... You don't always win by winning. It also makes Elio a better villain. Yeah, instead he's kind of just like an idiot who, for some reason, is a teenager still in charge of all his mafia stuff. Yeah. That's my thought. Spoiler alert, they don't do that. No. So Jughead updates all of the Joneses about how the gargoyles no longer exist. (laughs) He says that they're way too into G&G. But they're not. They're too into drugs. They're just on so many drugs. They keep on making me like, oh man, G and do- G is doing all these things to people. But then they also all- also reveal that it's, it's just drugs. Literally always drugs. There's no G and G without drugs ever. <laughs> it's always just drugs. The Midnight Club, the uh, uh, the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, the Gargoyles. Gargoyles. They're all just on drugs. It's and- always drugs and also playing some role playing games. Yeah, but mostly drugs. So, Betty meets with Margaret from the farm. Yeah, they, they, they meet in the sex bunker, and she's like, hey, uh, Margaret, just so you know, a lot of teens have had sex in this bunker. And Margaret's like, don't sit on that bed. That's fine. The farmer also had places like this. Lots of hidey holes. <laughs> a lot of sex bunkers at the farm, if you will. And Betty's like, okay, well, we're not going to talk about that. Please give me stuff that helps me. Yeah. And what she learns is that the, uh, the baptism is a... Uh, I mean, she says a lot of stuff. Really, it's just a near-death experience. And if you survive it, it's supposed to make you blah, blah, blah. But the 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 part that kind of makes Betty freak out is that she uses the word ascension. Which makes Betty think, <gasps> gargoyles. And it almost sounds like she might be leaning up to the, maybe maybe it's going to be a cup thing, uh, which would make Alice freak out. But no, it becomes very clear that she's using the word ascension because that's a common word used in religious contexts. But I swear to God... If the farm has nothing to do with griffins and gargoyles, I will burn this house to the ground. Yeah, no, I will lose my mind if they are unrelated. This better be Ascension, like, Margaret's just using it, as religions do, but the show better be using it on purpose. Yeah, like... And and I will say, even if it comes up and they, we learn that, that, that like, G&G was something they recently adopted, I would also lose my damn mind. Because, like, if, if G&G is not something that came from the cult to begin with... Why do we have this storyline? That And that is such a horrendous missed opportunity that I will slap Twitter. It's such a cop-out. <sighs> so, we have a fun montage series. Yep. Where Josie is singing a song that I didn't know, but was very thematic. Yeah. At Le Bon She mentions heroes a bunch. And can't make mistakes this time. And it's uh, it's overlaid with Archie fighting and Betty running. Because I guess that's how she got to the bunker. She's going to run from the bunker to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Great. During the scene, Keller is supportive of Archie. He's like, no, this guy never has to pass fight past the third round you come in in the fourth you're gonna do it josie shows up to watch archie fight fighting fighting boxing boxing so dramatic archie's not gonna make it and then dr dr keller oh no (laughs) not sheriff keller (laughs) then daddy keller says archie no matter what happens you've done great and i thought that was gonna be the message of the show that you don't always have to win Sometimes you're great just because you tried. Now, I, I will say that the, what I was thinking also is that even if Archie wins, that's not done. Like, you just screwed over the mob. Yeah, they're coming after you. Like, like Archie, you 
And they thought the message was, as long as you try, it's okay if you don't always succeed, which is the message that Archie needs. <laughs> and he kind of gets it. Like, they kind try, of. They try to shove it at him. I don't know if he fully gets it. But so it, uh, it goes through. He tries to knock him out. Uh, instead, it goes to uh, decision. And it's a split decision. Mm-hmm. So uh, first, uh, one judge goes to Ronson. One judge goes to Archie. And then the last one... It goes to Ronson, and that's a good thing. It's a real good thing. That grown man needed to win the fight so that Archie would not be chased down by the mob. <laughs> yes. At this point, Elio will probably... I feel like at this point, Elio will probably keep that close to his chest because he does not want all his mafia friends to know that he almost, like... He almost lost to this willful young boy. I'm, I'm assuming Elio... I mean, we don't... We can't assume Elio's smart. He's always been dumb because a smart kid would be like, oh, no, you see, like, man, he was real good. He cut it real close. Wasn't that exciting? Now, yeah. no one will believe that he actually made a dive. No one will think I did anything. I really hope he doesn't go up and be like, oh, man, that was close. You sure that guy wasn't going to make a dive? <laughs> Crazy. Sometimes he's real good. Sometimes he's real. <laughs> like, I'm hoping that Elio knows how to play this. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe Elio's still on the show, to be honest. Well, they need some other crime guy, I guess. Someone who did crime. He's so bad at it, though. So, well. After this goes on, we have the creepiest of creepy scenes where another child, Evelyn, creepily runs a creepy baptism, which to be fair, if you don't have the context that we have, I guess is a normal baptism, except that they're in a creepy murder cult room. It's it's normal to a point. The thing is, the words she's using are all correct. They're all normal baptism words. Yeah. But that's, the framing. Yeah, I mean, that's the point. Um, so uh, so the baptism is continuing. There's all these women dressed in white. They're in the room that used to have the Gargoyle King in it, clearly. And then... And then Betty, Betty's running, and her, her only mistake is that she she should have learned from Archie. You run faster with your shirt off, but I guess... I mean, that would, that would be... That's very different. Let's be very clear. This is still a PG-13 show. Well, I was also going to say the context of a man running shirtless down the road and a woman <laughs> running shirtless down the road are miles apart. Very different. Very different. So Betty's like, you know what? I don't want to deal with that. But as they push Alice into the water, which in this case is a creepy old-timey bathtub, they've pulled into this creepy old-timey it, gargoyle king room. And, and not even like, like you know, I, what I would say would be gothically creepy, like a copper tub. It looks like one of those Western... Like those 1960s... Well, like, like, well, like a slaw tub is what yeah. it looks like. It looks, it looks like something you'd see someone bathing in in a, in a show that takes place in like the 19, like 1905. So they push Alice into the water and they chant, Let the one become many, let the many become one. And it's very calm for a little bit until... And it's Penny who's pushing her down until... Alice realizes it has been too long, and her arms shoot up to fight her daughter, but her daughter keeps pushing her down. Yep. And then Betty runs in. Yep. And she pulls her mother out of that water. Yeah, and she's not breathing because she was drowned. And Betty does some CPR, which in real life, I'm sorry, guys, has a very low success rate. But it's not the CPR that's working. uh, It's the pounding the water out of her chest that's working. I mean, at least she didn't do the blow. She just did compressions to try to get the water out of her lungs. I don't think she's doing that on purpose. I think she's just been trained in the type of CPR. Because for a while, they were doing CPR with no breaths. Yeah. No rescue breaths, just compressions. Yeah. So I think she's just only trained in that. Oh, yeah. But that can that can actually work if someone's drowning because you're, you're trying to push the water out of their lungs. But she does do that. Yeah. Uh, so she, get, she gets the water out. And 
all I can think is like, I mean, of course the farm's going to be like, yeah, it happened. Now, to be fair, Polly does look a little bit startled. I don't know what Polly thought would happen. She clearly was just... I guess Polly was also drowned, but maybe she... I think Polly has some very serious postpartum depression that has never been treated. Yeah, what, what I assume usually happens is that the person settles down, like, they stop, the person settles down, and then they pull them out... And then they wake up, because that does happen. If you get unconscious, you wake up and you spit the water out. And But Alice is just such a fighter. <laughs> Alice went No, Alice went too far, though, because <laughs> she had to actually be, like, compressed. So from, not un- from very unsettling to <laughs> disappointing. Josie and Archie unwind after the fight. Josie waited for him. She yeah. explains that she is so proud of him because he didn't take a dive. He yeah. did his best. Yeah. He's so good, and they should just celebrate that he tried really hard. Yeah. She says, we could go to Pop Tate's and we can get a milkshake. And that's where I wanted that scene to go, to prove that sometimes trying is enough. But it's, or we can do something else. They go to Josie's place and have sex. Cool. Yeah. Damn it. Well, let's check in on some crime, Aaron. Hermione is dramatically drinking wine. Yeah, because Hiram comes in to dinner. It turns out the governor has finally returned his phone call. And And then we learned some weird facts. So Hermione did, in fact, give him a very large donation. Yeah, the day after that Hiram was shot. Which means she actually did sell the drugs and then give the money to the governor. Which is what I thought happened, but was just confused as to why. And it's still confusing because it's definitely not the payment. It, yeah, it's not. It, some, somehow, Aaron, here's the crazy thing. We both had ideas. We were both wrong. But and we were I, also both right. I thought we covered all the bases that it could possibly be. It's one of these things. Some, somehow Riverdale, there's, like, there's door A, there's door B. Riverdale tore a hole through a wall and was like, I'm going to take this door. I'm like, that's not a door. Riverdale's the Kool-Aid man. What, what you, what they you just t- burst through and went, oh, yeah. <laughs> I picked option C. I picked, I picked option Z. So, Why? <laughs> What? I hope we're going to learn why she gave just randomly gave him money. And why Hiram is so mad about it. Yeah, so so she gave him some money. I mean, Hiram is mad about it because he's, she sold the drugs. Like, he, he, he figured it out. He figured yeah. out she sold his drugs and gave the money to... The governor. To the governor. For reasons. Yeah, I don't know how Hermione originally thought about getting away with this. I guess the Fed's plan was her, that was her end all plan was like, and the the governor would just would, I don't so, know, I don't know, do I don't know. Do you think she's paying the governor not to engage with Hiram? Is it a reverse bribe? Yeah, but but the, he did, he called him back and said, oh, thank you, thank Hermione for giving me such, so much money. I, anyway, he's. Anyway, so, so he's upset at Hermione for burning all his drugs. And then Veronica's like, no, it was me. I, which is true. It is true. <laughs> it is true. I did it for us because I hate when we do crime. <laughs> the thing that our family is built on. And, and Hiram's like, like... The fact that you're the mafia. I did it to stop that. And Hiram's like, oh, this storyline again. Yeah. So then we learned... Because remember the first time we learned about this uh, this amount, uh, Hermione just pushed a piece of paper over and said how much money they would have to pay back. Mm-hmm. Now we learn... 
how much money Veronica cost her father. And it's only $75,000. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. That's a lot of money. But he's supposed to be like criminal empire guy. That feels like... It's not even in the six figures. Yeah, that feels like a drop in the bucket for someone who's supposed to be super criminal empire part of the mafia. Kevin, guy. I would never become a criminal for $75,000. Yeah. Like, if, I need like a million dollars to if, be a criminal. If $75,000 broke his empire... Then what was his empire built on? Sand? Also, Veronica is not at all phased about having to pay him back $75,000. <laughs> I assume at this point she's just pouting because... I mean, now Gladys has nothing over her. It's true. So Veronica can, can stop paying Gladys. Well, I feel like at this point she could also just be like... Just tell like FP. Jughead and FP and be like, Oh, by the way, your mom uh, was going to run the drug trade bye oh she's gonna use the serpents to do it have fun and and i don't think she is but man i want veronica to be more spiteful because <laughs> this would be the perfect moment where it's like oh gladys doesn't have anything over me anymore <laughs> speaking of gladys gladys brings all the gargoyles well <laughs> four of them to her home <laughs> and jughead's like why gargoyles in my house? Why are all these people here? And she's like, you gotta bolster your power. I did what you couldn't. I got the numbers up. Like, Then she tells the gargoyles to take their dumb masks off. It's our druggy friend, Kurtz. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm... I, 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 I have to remind myself that she did this because she wants to control the drug trade, which I guess the gargoyles have... Because otherwise, it is an insane choice to bring a bunch of teenage druggies into your gang. Yeah, a better choice like, would, would have been to get the remains of the ghoulies and help him convince the pretty poisons to come back. Yeah. They're so much more effective than, than the drugged out G&G guys. They're not going to do anything other than... How are they in charge of the drug trade? How... Well, they're how just, did, they're how, getting high on their own supply. How did Hiram lose the drug trade so freaking fast? What happened to the adults, Kevin? <laughs> what happened to the adults? <sighs> well, I'll tell you what happened to one adult. Because Betty is trying to get hold of uh, the woman who told her thing. Margaret. Margaret can't get hold of her, so... She dead. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> but Alice is, like, partially catatonic. But then Alice goes, don't worry. I know what happened tonight. Yeah, she had a real near-death experience. I was reborn. I've realized now that I need to purge the last thing tying me to this life. And Betty's like, uh-oh. I really thought it was going to be Betty. Well, in a way it is. In a way it is. Because she's going to sell this house. <laughs> Which I guess is really dramatic, but I kind of thought that was what was happening when she sent Betty off to... But the thing is, since Betty escaped, she thought she circumvented that. Now Betty just lives in the house. <laughs> And now Betty has not only had her college funds stolen, yeah. everything she owns and her place to live yeah. is also going to be stolen. They said it's going to be uh, Alice and Penny and the kids and uh, Betty and Edgar and Evelyn and all the farm. Now I just want to point out something real dumb the show has done. Yeah. You have called Polly Penny like six or seven oh, times right. this episode. Yeah. Whatever. And that is a dumb thing the show did. <laughs> Penny Pen Peabody absolutely should not have been named Penny, especially because we always have we already have Penelope Blossom. Why do we need another Penelope? Yeah, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that work work a lot easier on a printed medium than in a <laughs> auditory medium. 
Now, I did take us on a journey. This is the end of the episode. Yeah. That's it. That's where it's done. Where's the where, where where's the Jughead voiceover? Where's the stinger? They usually they've they've actually had less Jughead voiceovers at the end. Usually they begin. But usually there's like a stinger, and I guess this is a dramatic. Yeah, I guess the stingers are being like, "I'm going to sell the house." I actually think Gladys making all all of those gargoyles a part of the serpents is a more dramatic move. Well, even the Hiram being like, well, you owe me $75,000, and then sitting there, like, silently fuming. Like, either one of those is actually a little bit more of a dramatic one than Alice being like, I'm going to sell the house. (sighs) But that's that's the episode of Riverdale. I'll say one thing about it. Like, not a lot happened, but some... There's a few very big things happened, but they didn't feel impactful. Yeah, like, there are a lot of things that I feel like we finally sort of figured out. Well, they explained, and I did not like the explanations. Yeah. Which is yeah. which is kind of the um, the Achilles heel of this show, is it'll explain things, but when they explain them, I'm like, really? They give everything too much weight. Yeah. I, yes, they do. They, they have this thing where, where every single one of the episodes ends, or they try to do this thing where it's like, oh, but this next thing will be, be bigger, and this, this thing will be bigger, and this thing will be bigger, but they can't ever actually do the payoff. Nothing feels self-contained. Nothing feels finished. I feel like nothing can ever be as big as the show wants it to be. Yeah. Like, for something to be as big as they build it up to be, I need, like, I need an Archie half-brother. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. another Andrews boy. I think that is the most dramatic thing the show could show. I know you're listening. <laughs> Luke Perry Andrews cannot have another son. I was thinking that um, uh, some more along the lines of like focusing more on the farm. The farm has been by far the most interesting thing about the show, but it's it's really hung out in the background for 13 episodes of like. And I thought they were going to get there when they sent Betty to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Well, I thought because that seemed get... like a really reasonable Lincoln. Well, repeatedly, the first episode had ended with her hallucinating babies floating, and I guess that was just a symptom of her seizure, but a symptom that no other person had. Yeah, no one else was hallucinating. People were just having seizures. Yeah. Veronica had a seizure. She had no hallucinations. Yeah, and if more people had hallucinations than that, or or is that supposed to just be like? Maybe that is something, but it's not. It's not going to be anything. No, it's not going to be anything. It's going to be a creepy moment. They decide, yeah, Betty thought she saw something, or maybe babies are actually were floating. Who knows? You can't do that. Thirteen episodes ago, this season should have been so much shorter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a Sabrina the Teenage Witch season. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina season. Yeah. Give me thirteen episodes. Yeah. It, yeah. They 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 can handle this many episodes in one season. Also, this episode we had Archie's dumb plot. <laughs> Archie continues not to be a part of his own show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, he just, he, he, everyone's dealing with, like, a cult and, the, the, like, the drug deals, all this crime. And meanwhile, Archie's like, I really want to get into boxing. Oh, no, someone wants me to, to take a dive on my first boxing match. Well, I'm going to learn that sometimes to win, you don't have to win. Which hopefully he learned. I don't know. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic floated in the air like floating babies, only to crash down into the fire in the form of drama? Okay. That was a real old reference that we yeah. just talked about quite recently. So, I 
think my CW moment was when Cheryl was teaching the pri- – I know. Anything that starts with Cheryl. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically in this episode, it's when Cheryl was teaching the pretty poisons how to do archery. Why? Yeah. <laughs> to what end? Like, I don't know what she Does wants she... out of the pretty poisons. I think she wants – a hit squad? I was say, does she think she's Robin Hood? Does she want to continue to steal from the poor to give to the Cheryl? Well, to steal from the less wealthy to give to... The more wealthy. The, <laughs> the most... Well, is she wealthy? I mean, yeah. Let's... Well, we we can't say she's not wealthy. She is wealthy. I know. They keep trying to give us storylines where her family is so poor, so her mom has to prostitute. But no... But we know now her mom just likes to prostitute. No, yeah, let's be, let's be clear. Uh, Penelope Blossom has not been forced into the prostitution world because, you know, she's lost her fortune. She just wants to do it because it's fun. It's true. And she thinks it's empowering. And I guess it can. You know what? It certainly can be. Yes. But not the way she's doing it. Well, yeah. Once again, it's weird for her to be the one who's like, this is empowering women. Though, Though, God, my daughter's gay and I hate it. I'm also very mad that this show has made me hate the all-girl gang. Yeah. Because I think the show thinks it's being, like, you know, very progressive and very girls can do anything. But they're just a bunch of dumb whiners. Yeah, well... And it, they're, like, twisting the male characters to support the agenda of the girl gang, whereas just make them a strong group. Also, maybe don't make a chaotic, neutral, crazy person in charge of them. Well, like, and also because we know where they came from. They came from Cheryl being like, my girlfriend wasn't feeling, was kind of mad at me. So I gave her a gang. Yeah, it just, it's like reverse empowerment. Girls like gangs, so give her a gang. Put a gang in her gang. (sighs) Show, make me be on your side. Or at least tell me what side you're on. It's fine. You can have things happen that, that though you're not supposed to agree with. Like, that's the thing. Like, but I think we're supposed to be into them. I think we're supposed to think they're strong and good. Well, I don't know. They, they do set up that Tony... Like, if we see Tony as our viewpoint for that gang, seeing what how Cheryl kind of uses them, I think feel like... I feel like it's giving us Tony's point of view. It's just disappointing it's that weird. that's, like, the one girl squad we have. <laughs> yeah. That's all we get. Yeah. Because who does Betty hang out with? Betty. Yeah. Who does Veronica hang out with? Grownups. <laughs> who does Josie hang out with? Archie, because she quit the Pussycats. Yeah, or she's not on. For some reason. We looked yeah. that up. We couldn't figure it out again. Kevin, did you find a CW moment? Yeah, and it's not really CW moment in the sense of, like, drama over reason. But it was a quintessential... You know what? Maybe CW moment. It is a Riverdale moment. It is it did exactly what I imagined Riverdale would do, <laughs> which is the scene where Josie's talking to Archie and it's very sweet, and she's like, "Hey, Archie, I'm so happy you did that. I'm very proud of you. It was a great moment. Do you want? If you want to, we can go get a milkshake and like hang out and talk and be a great moment. And like that is pure and, and kind beautiful. and beautiful and a good moment. But then she's like. Or we can have sex! And then we cut to a scene of them, like, kissing as they go into a room and taking off all their sexy clothes. I mean, to be fair, she does not suggest that. That is 100% Archie. Well, okay, Aaron, she gives him the, or we could do something else. He starts it. No. (laughs) No, he does. I was watching that scene a lot because I knew where it was going to go. I I would say she 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 opens the door for him. She yes, 
Yes. So the thing is, it's like the show was like, oh, it's been a long time since we've had a hookup. Like, not since Veronica and uh, Reggie Reggie got together. Which, where was our sweet boy Reggie? I don't know. Maybe he's also joining 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> <laughs> Just all the Reggies are going over to Netflix. Yeah. Specifically that show. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I think I think that scene would have been sweet if they just went off to Pop Tates, but it but Quintessence Riverdale, now they gotta go have sex. So sexy. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, that was the episode of Riverdale. That was our episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. We if you tried like that. So hard to do some jokes, but there was no room for jokes. There was only room for scene after scene after scene after scene. Yeah, like like oh my it just went so they tried to cram so much in. For the first time ever, we had to pause the episode because... We could not take notes fast enough. Scenes were just flying by as just like, oh, literally people were like, if this was a play, they'd be running on stage going like, all right, here's some exposition, all right, we gotta go, the next scene come in here, and we're gonna get this person to come in here. It's just people throwing off their clothes backstage trying to get into costume changes. And then it hits the end of the episode and just comes to a screeching halt as it explains context, explains plans that are insane. So... You've had more time to reflect on this than we have. You listened to our episode. If you have jokes, please send them to us. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on email. It's all podcast MOA, podcast MOA. If you're doing the email thing, it's Gmail. So podcast MOA at gmail.com. Yeah, and make sure you uh, uh, you give us like reviews or whatever they do on the different things on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Google Play, wherever you find us, your eye catchers, I don't know. And don't be afraid to talk about us, because we know you have a lot of choices out there. You have a lot of Riverdale podcasts to go to, and we're glad you choose us. Yeah. What is Hiram planning again? Will Gladys control the drug trade? How will Betty deal with her most terrifying foe yet? Realtors. For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mysteries, Outsiders, and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>